review, y'all. Jump. The rest of the film. Jump. With my boy Todd Hastings. Todd Hastings open his bitch. And that new Dylan got broke. Dylan got. So what you got? You know what it is. Come on. Dylan, we're fucking back. Enough fucking talking about monsters. Let's talk about a fucking idiot. Hello, everyone. I'm Dylan's best and only friend, John Reasonable Gentleman Hastings. That is Dylan. QAnon isn't even close to what I believe in God. I think QAnon's pretty too... It's too uh, normal for me. I believe in J-Anon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack Avanon, maybe. Just Donald Trump's just trying to jerk off every government building in the U.S. <laughs> Although... I will say uh, QAnon did start apparently because of a guy named Big Dick Anon. So <laughs> that's pretty sick. I mean, what's so good about QAnon is like the hackers that started it many years ago have come forward and been like, "We did it as a joke," and they were like, "That's what they want you to say, bitch." Exactly. That's the best thing about conspiracies is that if anyone's like, "Oh, I did it. Um, it was all a ruse," uh, they'll be like, "Well, that's a conspiracy too. It's all a conspiracy." Am I a conspiracy? You guessed it. I am. Yep, that's true. Um, full disclosure on me. I'm so happy we're talking about Puff Bagwell. He's just a yes. weird man. He's just a weird... He's the only guy that went from being on TV every week to just being, I assume, a gigolo that no one paid for because he was really weird and he's totally fine with it. Also, his cameos are fucking bananas. Yeah, I mean, he is a classic professional wrestler in that he didn't want to be a wrestler to begin with, became very successful very quickly, then no one liked him because he's kind of a dick because he's used to being catered to, and for the last 20 years, he's just been doing shoot interviews about how Sugar Shane Helms sucker punched him. Welcome to wrestling. Welcome to wrestling. The Sugar Shane Helms story, I'm going to say it right now, I hope you're all ready, it really has morphed. Yeah, okay, so let's start there, because there's more fun with Buff Bagwell and talking about, like, well, not oh, more yeah. fun, but there is fun I mean, in just yeah. talking about, so here's, so they're in WWF in 2001, Buff Bagwell's trying to make a good impression so he can get hired by the company, and Shane Helms, I'm going to set the scene with what I think happened, which, Shane Helms, buoyed by the fact that he's in a new locker room with new rules, and Buff Bagwell can't just walk around being a dick to everybody, throws a frozen water bottle at his head is that that correct yeah i think so what it like what it was is basically like shh, like buff bagel was an asshole here's how you know buff bagel was an asshole friends with kevin nash not friends with scott hall how are you friends with the sober out of the two of those guys like that's clear like oh something's up when like scott hall in a cocaine haze is like i don't like that guy that guy fucking shits that you're in trouble right there yeah, I mean, ev and the other thing is, Buff Bagwell seems like one of those guys who's actually looks like such a dick that you. It's like kind of like when he does something that's a dickheadish, it's confirmation bias. You're like, oh, I fucking knew he was an asshole to begin with. But then Shane Helms punches him a couple times. They it gets broken up quickly, and then quote unquote Shane Helms wins the fight. But I mean, it was just. Bagwell was a dick to him, and then Shane Helms started punching him, and it got broke up quickly. Because Bagwell also said something first that the way that Shane Helms also tells it is that that been happening for a long that was happening in WCW. Yeah, it's bullying. Yeah, he wasn't going to take it in the new locker room. Also, Buff Bagwell claims it was a large glass frozen bottle that opened up twenty stitches. Um, and Shane Helms is like, it was a tiny water bottle, 
and I threw it at his head after he made a bunch of comments about something fucked up in the ring in front of the WWF when we'd all just arrived to try and get jobs, so I wasn't going to fucking stand down and be a cuck bitch. Um, and what is amazing That is, makes sense. It, it, listen, we're, not for, we're, we're lovers here at The Wrestler Review. If someone's bullying you... Show them your penis. <laughs> no, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fight the only way we know how. Yeah, with love. Man. Just, just Call the cops. Tell them they assaulted you. Yeah, yeah. Call, woo their entire family. Make love to their entire family. Get yourself invited to Thanksgiving. When they sit down, look them in the eye and go, you see everyone at this table? I've made them come. Stand up. Walk out. Not the door. The nearest window. Leave them confused. Yeah. Walk out the window, nut in the turkey. Oh, Good yeah. night, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave carrying only the stuffing, get into a yellow taxi cab, have the taxi cab blow up. What is going on? I woke up at 6 o'clock. If we had the stuffing apart from turkey, we can all agree Thanksgiving and Christmas would be better holidays. Why isn't there chicken stuffing? Why isn't it roast beef and you can just make stuffing on the side because I'm not a fucking animal? Mm. <laughs> there you go, buddy. That's how we do it at the Wrestler Review. We're taking... Over, we're taking over. I've said it before. I say it again. Turkey is the worst of all the holiday meats. It's bullshit. Why isn't roast beef or or everyone's beloved steak and ribs? Why don't they have a fucking holiday? No, we have to have shitty flavor. I've had one good turkey in my life. My manager's uh, partner Jonathan made it, and it was amazing. And he had to fucking. He went through like four bags of lemons, squeezing it under the skin. He had to get under the skin of a living bird. What the hell is going on? I think it's just because it's big and cheap. I think you're yeah, like it's cheap, like you. It's bad. Yeah, 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 and big and I'm cheap. Yeah, slutty like Buff Bagwell. Yeah, basically what it is is Buff Bagwell was a fucking jerk in WCW. He got to the WWF and didn't realize it's like, oh no, you can't be like that here. Because this isn't run by like a guy who's like, let's uh, ride motorcycles, everybody. Who wants to check out these Polaroids of my wife who's hot? And it's being run by a guy being like, I ate those Polaroids. Also, Eric Bischoff, he doesn't know it, but his fucking pipes go from my toilet. Like, <laughs> Well, also, I mean, what, let's talk about his, the start of his career first, because that is as crazy. Buff Bagwell is the, and I mean this in every sense of the word, Buff Bagwell is the rock of WCW. He was brought in as a blue chipper, beautiful looking man, and everything that, every, in the way that the WWF would breed the rock, WCW bred Marcus Alexander Bagwell. He was living in an apartment complex in Atlanta. From his own admission, he didn't like wrestling, but he watched it with his brothers after they went rabbit and deer hunting all weekend. We were rednecks. Fuck you, Marcus Alexander. I fucking guarantee. Um, Buff Bagwell voted like he didn't vote for Trump. He just, I vote for Jesus. Uh... He moves into an apartment complex with his wife at like 19 years old, obviously married at 19. Fucking loser. And who <laughs> who is living at that apartment complex, Dylan Gott? Uh, it is Missy Hyatt. Missy Hyatt demands to live next to... Oh, yeah. Missy Hyatt gets him into wrestling, yes? Demands to live next to Buff Bagwell. Because Missy Hyatt, <laughs> Missy Hyatt is thirsty in the desert. I hear a lot of stuff about Missy Hyatt, and I like her more and more. I like the idea that it's like I want to switch apartments because that guy is hot. Like that's so funny. I like Missy Hyatt because Missy Hyatt essentially acts. If, uh, okay, the stories of Missy Hyatt are basically what fourteen-year-old boys think adult women will be. <laughs> like what? Like just that sexually? Like yeah, open? just sort of like ah, 
it's morning. You know what that means? I got to go suck 11 dicks. Like, you're like, what? No. <laughs> I do like that. Missy, Missy Hyatt was in the worst profession for that because it's just like guys who have weird thin goatees going like, yeah, fuck Missy. And then she said, I like it a lot. And then I said, you're right. It is good. I'm good at it. Yeah. But. If it was now, it's just like you imagine walking into talking to a car. Uh, I'd like to. I see a apartment for rent here. Is it near that girl? <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> doing that? But then she did that for a man, and everyone and the guy was like, "I'm gonna write this down. That that's cool. I wrote it down. The cool lady wants an apartment." I must stress this. Buff Bagwell was living with and the, and by the way, I got this story from a Buff Bagwell shooter interview. He's the one who tells Good. it. It's not Missy Hyatt. I will say this about. Mr. Bagwell is he also uh, according to Wikipedia Bagwell gets married at 18. Oh is it 18? I mean he, maybe he doesn't know his own life that well but I will say 19 because he said it rather than just some guy. No I think I think he said I think she moved into the building when he was 19. Married at 18 moved in at 19. Yeah that started cheating on his wife I assume immediately. Of course. I mean what you can't get married in your teens and not cheat on your wife. A hundred percent. You can't according or to husband. According to Dylan God's back tattoo, you can't get married in your thirties unless you want to get dirties. There you go. According to my back tattoo, uh, here's my phone number. <laughs> yeah. I got a phone I have to have the same phone number for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah. Now. It's weird. Dylan Dylan had his number tattooed on his back, so whenever he just leaves a bar, he just you know that weird move where you drop your jacket and shirt down off the shoulders, but keep it on the rest of your arms and torso? He just does that and goes Take a photo, bitch. And then he walks out. <laughs> There's oh. a comedian who has since stopped drinking, but he used to wear a T-shirt with his home address on it because he would get so drunk and pass out, and then people would look at the shirt, and he would know to point at the shirt in his blackout haze, and then that's how people would know to get him home. Who is that? Sean Hogan. Oh, wow. Sean Hogan parties. Sean Hogan stopped partying <laughs> because he kept, as he said, I kept on uh, blacking out and waking up riding a bike in a place where I had no idea where it was. I mean, that's bad. I was just going towards something. Yeah, heaven uh, is where he was going towards metaphorically. I mean, the amount of, here's the thing I will say about Canadians in Toronto that I did stand-up comedy with between 2009 and 2012. The amount, of, the amount of them that have the best waking up in a place after a blackout stories. I mean, the one that's at the airport is the craziest one ever. <laughs> yeah, Hunter Collins woke up coming through, um, coming in the inbound. So it's like he just got off a plane and he had a, and he had a transfer in his pocket for a bus that doesn't exist. He looked the bus up. Crazy. A man who... Uh, now blacks out all the time. Buff Bagwell started wrestling. <laughs> yeah, he does. He certainly fucking does, doesn't he? He's, he's had a rough 20 years, Buff Bagwell. Uh, he started wrestling in... I don't think he has. He. I mean, you know what happened this year? Been in like three car accidents this year. Yeah, because he he's loves a pill head. He loves pills. Like it's again. Well, yeah, he has pill voice for sure. Like if you listen to any of his shoot interviews, that's pill head voice. I mean, here's the thing. Okay, his dad's lumber company goes out of business because his lumber company was run by Buff Bagwell's dad, who I assume is just a that's really sad. A bottle of wild turkey with a uh, with a what what uh, what would Jesus do sticker on it. Um. And so Bagwell became a certified massage therapist for, I assume he was just like, because I had to touch their boobies, baby. Do your tits want to get massaged? No. Well, I got to find a new career. Welcome to the Georgia Institute of Massage. My name is Grizzly Smith. 
You only massage your family. <laughs> Can you imagine though, Buff Bagwell's massage parlor, <laughs> just Marcus Bagwell's massage parlor, and then a huge thing that just says "No dudes." Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only music that plays, the only music that plays in the waiting room is the American Males theme. <laughs> a theme song that he says he still loves. I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, I don't think he knows what words are. He was trained trained by Steve Lawler, who I prayed to God was Jerry Lawler's brother. He's just some guy. He gets into global, uh, sorry, the Global Wrestling Federation, which is an offshoot of WCCW that Chris Adams came up with. You can hear more of that about that in our Chris Adams episode that might be on Patreon. I'm not sure where that is. Either way, here's the thing you want to know: don't get into a business relationship with Chris Adams because Chris Adams do will not will kill a girl. <laughs> Bill Eady, fresh off of being in demolition, basically saw Bagwell and said, hey, why don't you do on like a Lone Ranger style mask and be the handsome stranger, which and what would happen is he would sit on his own hand and then finger women in the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buff Bagwell was known as the handsome stranger in the ring and the get away from me man in the parking lot. <laughs> I like that, though. I like the handsome stranger where it's like a guy with a mask on, so you can't tell if he's handsome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like the whole idea is like. like, I like the handsome stranger. It should be like the the jacked stranger then. That's such a good fucking uh, wrestling. You're the handsome stranger. Put on a full face mask. Why? Your name is Huge Cock Larry, and uh, here you have extra baggy pants, so you can't even see what genitals you have. Yeah, yeah. His name is Two-Leg Bill. Make sure that he's always sat down with a blanket on his leg so no one can see his leg. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, If it isn't old, no lips Houlihan. Cut off his lips. Wait, what? Uh, In 1991, Buff Bagwell debuted in WCW. They They pushed this guy so fucking quickly. He... Had a match against Mike Graham. Mike Graham never lived it down. Eventually committed suicide. Thank God for that. Goodbye, Mike Graham. I hate you. He's 21 here, we should say. So this guy's been wrestling, been wrestling and so quickly. This is like when you hear about um, uh, sometimes comedians and like they just grow up in L.A. or New York and then they get on TV really well, really fast because they're talented and then they're just in the right place immediately. So someone sees them and goes, you're good. And then like two years into doing comedy, they have all these great stuff. And it's exactly the same thing for Buff Bagwell because he's born in the Atlanta area. So when he starts wrestling, there's already a huge ecosystem of wrestling for him to go into because not only is there obviously um, WCW, but because there's WCW, there's a lot of other promotions around there that are feeder systems for it. Even such as GWF, and even though this is the late night or late eighties, early nineties, where the territories are dead, there's still like the ghost of the territories you can actually get on television. He's also a naturally jacked twenty-one-year-old, fresh-faced guy who's southern, who looks like, who has that very specific southern jock yeah. look. He looks like he's the ca- everything that all those old guys want, and like it's so funny to me that these guys are all. I don't know Bill Eady personally, obviously, but I'm guaranteeing Bill Eady isn't how, like. How much weirder would it be if right now, as you reveal, you've known Bill Eady this whole time? <laughs> if if I was Bill Eady, yeah. But like, I guarantee Bill Eady's not like. 
supporting different types of marriage if you get my drift but the fact that he would walk up to a 20 year old above bagwell and be like listen we know it all around here we've been talking you're a hot guy so here's your character you're hot and then you're alone with me a lot that's the other part of your character. <laughs> yeah the other thing you also uh, also don't make me feel stuff yeah don't make me feel how i am your gimmick uh remember is uh you dress up like smash and you come over to my hotel room <laughs> <laughs> and you tell me I'm good. Just tell me I'm good. Yeah, you nothing sexual. You just let me know my heart'll be okay. Yeah, you just say it was a good match and then I weep and then you have to stay there while I cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I want to watch you pee, but like I want you to sit down. <laughs> I want you to you're both Smash and the Avatar for my ex wife Bobby. <laughs> Yeah, 1991, he comes into World Championship Wrestling. Marcus Alexander Bagwell does. He hates the name Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Everyone in his family is apparently pumped because it's his full name. I and love he's it. Just playing a nice man. Yeah, I love that he's. Yeah, you're welcome to wrestling. I'm a bit embarrassed by this. Well, your full name and your social security number will be your gimmick. Yeah, <laughs> we will be giving out your home address repeatedly. I also watched some, a bunch of early matches with Buff Bagwell, and they do an amazing thing of they have him trained by Sting. They basically do the hillbilly yeah. gym gimmick with him of he's the blue chipper. Basically, I guarantee part of the reason why Buff Bagwell is hated is because I guarantee Brian Pillman was like, ah, fuck this guy, because... Buff Bagwell very much occupied the same era as Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman was also that blue chipper, amazing body, loved by the office guy. The difference is Brian Pillman, Jim Ross guy, uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, Missy, like, won't let you say he's a guy guy because that's not cool with his religion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and also he was like a favorite of, he was like found by Dusty Rhodes and Mike Graham liked him, and there's no greater asset. In any form of entertainment or any form of really, if you're at your job, is then the boss finding you and like aligning you with them in their head. So it's like your success is tied to them. So like if you're at your job and like you rise from the mailroom to what to whatever position and then the boss being like, I found that guy and I always knew he had or found that girl and I knew he had talent, they had talent, then they'll, in their head, be like, I'm also getting paid that much. I know that sounds convoluted and weird, but, like, that's... Buff, they try with Buff Bagwell for five years of just, I love to party. Am I surfing? Do you want to kiss? Five years they try. It's to longer than that. It's They basically try, they try until Vince Russo gets I there. I just mean as a babyface. I mean, yeah, they, but like even that, it's pretty amazing. And it's also like it almost kind of works. He gets some bad luck because it's basically for two years, he's kind of like his gimmick is basically like he's a boy that's a boy, okay? Fuck you. And then they. Yeah, the young gun, like this guy's excited and he's young. Hey guys, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Like that never works. They actually hit upon a really good strategy for him, which is they put him in a bunch of tag teams. Which fucking yeah. works. Like, here's the thing with Buff Bagwell. In a tag team, great wrestler. Really good hot tag, Billy Gunn style, pop in, get her done fucking wrestler. Yeah, and he's like, he's got two of the three things that you would want in a wrestler in that, like, he does have natural charisma and he does have a good look, but it's just the third thing is, like, he can't just have super long, great matches. He's kind of limited because... To be fair, by the time he stops wrestling, he's a veteran in wrestling. 
Like, he really learns how to wrestle. Like, you're probably good at the thing you're doing five years in. And that's 1995 by the time everyone's exhausted of seeing, like, fresh face buff bag while well, get a hot tag. So, Dylan, you're like, what, five, five years into comedy? Oh! <laughs> you burnt! I just started comedy. You're fucking burnt, buddy. Did you just fucking cook all your meals? Because I just set you on fire. Oh, yeah. I switched coffee, and I got to tell you, I think it's doing something to me. I feel much more peppy for these morning records. <laughs> John switched from coffee to cocaine. Oh, yeah. I also, I, for some reason, also woke up at 6 in the morning, and I took a full bath today. <laughs> a full bath? <laughs> you, are, you are Buff Bagwell. I am. I am yeah. Buff, Buff Bagwell is dead. Long live Buff Bagwell. I don't think I've ever heard of a 6 a.m. bath other than I killed someone yesterday and I need to wash that's the, the night off. I mean, that's me. what I thought, but I was like, I literally like put my laundry on and I was like, I got nothing to do until I record that podcast. All right, well, time to slow cook some lentils and make a bath. What am I, a 90-year-old? Mm, beat off in the tub? I just nutted on myself. I did not beat off on the tub. I'm a, I'm a bedroom or sometimes I have a new chair that I've, I'm thinking about jacking off in from now on. <laughs> that's my jack off chair why'd you tell me that i'm a weird guy now i i mean i was always weird i'm just now leaning into it baby <laughs> that's what you gotta do in your 30s yeah you're fucking you're like listen i jack off in one specific chair don't touch the chair but look at the chair of course listen let's put it this way dylan we've both made some specific choices recently in our lives and i feel like we're gonna deviate in terms of where we're jacking off from now on you know what i'm saying <laughs> So, a year into wrestling, uh, he's 22. Oh, so here's some of the te guys he teamed with. He teamed with Brian Pillman, as you mentioned. Tom Zink. I think everyone in WCW teamed with Tom Zink in 1991. Yeah, I felt like Tom Zink basically just, he had a photo of Jim Hurd, like, taking a shit or something, because they're like, we got to do something with this guy. He won't fucking leave. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Two Cold Scorpio, which, if you watch any of their matches, it's insane, because it's like, this white guy, look at this, look at this amazing wrestler, and this white guy's hanging out, too. Yeah. Like, it's like, they just loved Bagwell so much, they would just be like, hey, Two Cold Scorpio's over on his own. Why don't we team him up with Marcus Alexander Bagwell so that um, I'm not angry when I see Two Cold winning? <laughs> Let me say this about Two Cold Scorpio. I hate his name, but I love him as a wrestler. I hate the name yeah. Too Cold. Fuck off. No, I, lo I mean, I loved everything about Two Cold Scorpio. I think he could have been totally a star. It's just, uh, I and you know, I, I don't want to be this guy, but for sure, racism played a bit of a part into it. He couldn't do a promo, though. He couldn't, he couldn't do, really no, he, do a he promo. He had three problems. One, wrestling is racist. Two, terrible hair. Yeah. He had one of the, his hairline was so high, and like even from the back. You think it, he's doing 450s and like crazy and he had multiple finishing moves off the top rope in the early fucking 90s and apparently he had a huge run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't think don't think that I wasn't about to say, but the main thing we all need to remember about him and the reason why he should be super famous is he's got a big old fucking unit and yeah. where I fucking come from, guess what that makes you? A fucking star. <laughs> but like even his matches in ECW and shit, he's He's fantastic. And then uh, Mark Alexander, well, I'll ruin that. Teams with the Patriot in Stars and Stripes. Because yeah. if all else fails, he loves, we love America We now. love America. We love doing pills with a guy in a mask. I remember the Stars and Stripes. Stars and Stripes were fucking great. 
It was a good old-fashioned American tag team. They were not good at wrestling. They were good at other things like walking to the ring and then winning the tag belts against Paul Roma. This is also a period in WCW, and Marcus Alexander Bagwell definitely benefited from it, which is Hogan is now coming in, and people like me are watching WCW for the first time, and Marcus, like, Stars and Stripes just looked like Lex Luger from the year previous, and so... Um, it was absolutely, totally like, oh, so this is like the other wrestling I've seen as a kid. And it made you feel like, oh, okay, this is the same thing. And also, the Patriot is the easiest to understand character in the history of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name's the Patriot. He's covered in the American... He committed war crimes, so now he's hiding here. Yeah, exactly. He Once he wins the match, he waterboards his opponent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most of his money is from... um. Uh, rating Saddam from Sonny Ono. Yeah. <laughs> All he does is, and then he digs for oil, I guess. But him and the Patriot were a good team, and it's the first team he's really in that makes sense as far as there's a clear hot tag and guy who sells, and you're putting Bagwell in the, which he doesn't really excel in, which is the, I just sell. Yeah. Because um, obviously Patriot, big guy, Bagwell... Little Big guy for bit. now, yeah. But like, yeah, back then, six feet two twenty is not going to get you much. And he claims out he came, yeah. He claims that he came up with the Patriots outfit. I mean, that's not true. The Patriot was already a thing. He claims he came up with the Patriots outfit. There's a lot of stuff that Buff Bagwell I claims. Hate when wrestlers claim things because it's like claim something I can't prove in a second. You fuck. Uh, <laughs> the American males are formed, giving us the greatest theme song that Dylan played at his own wedding. American males, American males. Are you a woman? Well, that's bad, and we don't like it. You're gonna be fucking <laughs> me, American We're males. We're gonna push you over. Oh, the thing to remember man. is that Q is on the inside, and what comes after Q? That's right, our revolution. American males, <laughs> American males. So I'm not gonna sing the American males part. I'm just gonna let you know when you see me. This is this is so when you see him, you better run for cover, girls. You don't need a weekend lover. Uh, American males. If they talk to you, you better not listen. You might wind up in critical condition. What the hell does that mean? It means they don't like women and they're going to beat you up. So uh, these are the only lyrics that aren't the words American males. When you see him, you better run for cover. Girls, you don't need a weekend lover. So wait a minute. So if Marcus Alexander Bagwell comes up and goes, hey, man, do you know what time it is? And then you go, oh, it's 3 o'clock. He'll just start beating the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scotty Riggs will hit you with a rock immediately. Don't. Actually, you can't even prove that you weren't. You have to prove you weren't listening. You have to be like, I didn't hear what you said. And they'll be like, good. I mean, there's so much wrong with the American males. The suspenders. The fact that they were they, they kept doing the sucky in cheek face. They did the sucky in cheek face. And they were basically male prostitutes. But they're... It, they were baby faces, and only in the history of wrestling had male prostitutes been bad guys. Yeah, uh, in the yeah, of course they had been because Amer wrestlers are like, I know a lot of prostitutes. They are not good people. <laughs> <laughs> you think about Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. That's a that's a that's a real that's a real clear gimmick. This guy's a prostitute, Gigolo, but he's Jimmy, bad at yeah, it. Jimmy Del Rey. The only thing ever mentioned about him on a on a shoot interview is Kevin Nash said he and I'm quoting now. 
Just shaved a lady's head after he fucked her. I hate j- the gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. This is what I love about Kevin Nash is that well before anyone else was talking about it, um, what was it? The Steiner brothers were like like harassing some extra talent backstage and Kevin Nash was like, you realize this is like se- you're just sexually assaulting this man. It's not. This isn't funny. No one thinks this is funny. You're just sexually assaulting a guy. And then Scott Steiner was like, what are you talking about, Kevin Nash? I fucking... It's funny. I strip, I strip him naked. I shave his dick. Yeah, I, I just want to watch Rick jack off using this guy as his condom. <laughs> <laughs> the WCW locker room sounds so fucking weird. Like... It's just like fucking like Diamond Page reading a business book and then just the nasty boys are just full shitting in the mouth of a jobber. Alexander Wright is being beaten up by the Steiner brothers and Harley Race is just smoking. Like everyone <laughs> yeah, who is in the definitely everyone in the WCW locker room ha- more than one person has commented that like you just walk in and Harley Race is smoking no ashing just going like this motherfucker right here. I fucking don't like him. Like you're like what the fuck? Yeah, everyone everyone is having a completely separate conversation and, and still talking time. to each other. Yes, it's exactly that. Yeah. So apparently, this is from Buff Bagwell's own fat little mouth. Nick Patrick came up with the idea for Buff Bagwell, and after five years of his career of being a white meat babyface, he finally turns on Scotty Riggs and joins the NWO. I think the original Buff Bagwell NWO run is one of the better heels I've seen on wrestling television specifically because you always knew this guy was a piece of shit. You're finally like, finally he's just playing a piece of shit and it's an easy character. Like the NWO didn't have a guy who would just back off. If you think about it, like they would never, they didn't, everyone who just did back off stuff was also huge. Like Hogan would play the chicken shit heel. And so would Nash and hall at certain points, but like, they're also huge. The other thing that was pointed out in my research is Buff Bagwell just never had matches. He was just a shithead that stood behind those guys and exactly just made weird faces. And you just were like, oh, I want to smack the fuck out of this little bitch. Yeah, the there's a lot of said about like the expansion of the NWO and then people that didn't work. Like that didn't work. Like you know, you think about um, I like as great as he is. I don't think Mr. Perfect worked in the NWO. I don't think Vincent obviously worked in the NWO. Wrong. Wrong. Okay, Vincent was the only good one. Thank you, Brian Clark. Um, all these guys who are just add-ons because they just had an NWO thing on, and they're like, he's here now. But they're. I think it's worth mentioning the guys that did work, which were like Scott Norton, Buff Bagwell. And um, Conan. And, of course, Michael Wall Street and Michael Re- Wall Street. Yes. And those are the only ones. I forgot totally that IRS was in the NWO. I mean, IRS. Here's something that people fucking forget. Fucking Big Bubba Rogers was in the NWO for a second. And then they Yeah, said when he, no. wore, he wore just leather. Not, not very. He wore leather pants. And then he wore a tank top that was, like, somehow too big, even though he's large. And he tucked it into the leather pants in the, like... In a look that says, my wife forced me to wear these leather pants. <laughs> my wife made me wear these leather pants. I, I just, we wanted to get into the sex party, so I have to wear leather. The look to me always just said, who is daddy? I am daddy. Like that, It looked like it was like, who, I am here to fuck, and I am 
Not asking who. Um, the thing to remember <laughs> is Bagwell was the perfect foil for that. He was the guy that you wanted to get the shit kicked out of. And he backed it up. Like He just did things that were just so annoying. Like the NWO weird cloth necklace thing was just like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, we should talk more about it after the break because we're about halfway. And we've definitely got more to say about NWO buff Bagwell. So listen to us talk about us. And then we'll be back in like 40 seconds. Suck my butt. Oh, hi, everyone. I think you're all wondering, does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to donate to Patreon, because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase, risky cream pie. (laughs) And you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fund. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that. Uh, you're a fucking loser, but if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. Ooh, what was Scott Norton and Buff Bagwell's tag team name? Do you remember? Vicious and Delicious. I like as I was researching and I was like I couldn't remember what it was. I was like Tasty and Nasty, like like Buff and Rough. <laughs> I do like that Buff Bagwell came in his gimmick was that he's hot and that's good and then now his change was he's hot and that's bad. That's it. Yeah, like he, yeah, he, and it's so I like that Vicious and Delicious was clearly they're like, well, we need the outsiders to lose, but they won't be doing that. We better make a new tag team. And Scott Norton too was the perfect type of dude to put with Buff Bagwell, where it's like Bagwell had the like bodybuilder look, and Scott Norton was like, there's people who look like this now, but not as many. Just was a chest. Like his arms are huge and shit, but like just that old school. This man is a chest with arms and a head attached. Let me say this about Scott Norton: he is the only man I've heard discussed often that he was a arm wrestling champion. Well, he discusses that and then debates arm wrestles he lost and it's really disappointing when you're like all you want is a guy to be like a guy who's like yeah i arm wrestled a bit i wrestled a bit my life is good and then he's like all right gary gullman and i don't know why he's arm wrestling gary gullman comedian gary gullman didn't beat me i beat yeah, him i did not lose to depressive comedian gary gullman you can ask bobby lee <laughs> can you imagine how horrible it'd be to be uh arm wrestling someone and they're like i don't know i just Sometimes I get up and I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to get out of bed today. And they still beat you. Dylan, hang on. We've reached a new low. We're now discussing Scott Norton arm wrestling weird comedians. And he's sad about it. (laughs) No, I mean, Scott Norton isn't sad. Gary Goldman said while he's beating Scott Norton. Scott Norton's going, "Ah, I can't believe I lost in arm wrestling to Steve Ranazisi, the comedian who lied about being in 9-11 and also... Oh, that is... For those of you that don't know, there's a man who just made up that he was in 9-11. Steve Ranazisi also walked out of me and Cole Cabana's show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival after friends had gotten him in. That guy, really rude. Yeah, I, I don't get his deal. So wait a minute. A rude guy that faked being in 9-11? Well, I never. Yeah, Dylan... I was as shocked as anyone. I gotta tell you what. I'll tell you what. Also, Scott Norton, I'm looking him up as right now. The only... I'm gonna say right now, the best name and cover for a wrestling autobiography is just called Strong Style, and it's fucking him jacked as shit. <laughs> yeah! Usually, they try and appear like they're authors, but with him, it's like, you know what? 
shoot me in the chest, the bullet won't fucking beat yeah, me. Yeah, my name is Scott Norton. Uh, the book has no words. It is only photos of my body. And then... <laughs> uh, when I die, stand me up at the last second, because there ain't no way God's pinning me, baby. <laughs> Vertical coffin. Yeah. Oh my. I die standing. Oh, my God. Scott Norton didn't sell death. I guarantee if if he did that, Vince McMahon would be like, make that man the champion. Vince, he's dead. I <laughs> put that Put a belt on that corpse. It is pretty weird that he never went to the WWF, but we should get back on track and no, talk it's about not. Buff no, Bagwell. it's not. He, I, you know what happened, right? He tried to have a he had a, a meeting with Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon tried to arm wrestle him. Scott Norton beat him, and Vince McMahon had him removed from the state of Connecticut. Yeah, Vince McMahon yelled, this didn't happen in his face, and then had him shot. Yeah, yeah, Vince McMahon just showed him a photo of his whole family and said one word of this, they go bye-bye. Shot him in the heart, and then Scott Norton said, oh, I think you bruised my heart. And then everyone laughed, and then Scott Norton showed his heart, which did have a slight bruise from the bullet. Anyway, so Buff Bagels in the NWO, and he basically just never wrestles on anything but Thunder. Which is a real error because smash cut to It's Thunder. He's going up against uh, noted uh, backstage bully Rick Steiner. Oh, no. Well, this is uh, this is 98 you're talking about. We should talk about some stuff in 97 where it's like... Well, what happened in 97 with Buff Bagwell besides he walked to the ring in overalls, made this laugh behind Hulk Hogan. <laughs> well, here's how different New Japan is in 1997 is that every nerd this year and every year now looks forward to the G1 Buff Bagwell within a bunch of tag matches in the G1. How funny would it be if it's like, ooh, Okada just had a five-star match and then Buff Bagwell comes out and then just goes to a bunch of a silent uh, Japanese crowd. You want to say my dick? You want to suck my dick? You probably want to do both, you small dick motherfuckers. Like, how much worse would the G1 I'm be? here from Atlanta to let you know we haven't forgotten about 9-11. <laughs> In the future, it's four years from now, I know what's going to happen. Don't you fucking think you fucking making all of our ships go underwater on D-Day will be forgotten by me, motherfuckers? Oh, he for sure was just yelling Pearl Harbor because that's the only thing he knows about Japan. Also, and refusing sushi at every single turn. When someone was like, hey, how are you? No sushi. Yeah, I drink hamburgers. Hamburger! If you watch any movie from the 90s, um, all they do anytime a Japanese person is around is refuse sushi or there's a part in the movie where a guy tries sushi and he's like, this is fucking disgusting. I mean, yeah, it's so funny when someone also, if you watch Japanese media from that time, supposedly there's a lot of jokes about cheese because like what that's good. What we thought of as sushi, the Japanese are like, they do what to what? (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. They fuck milk up. Get the hell out well, of like here. Ba- I don't believe that. they don't that. really use milk, like milk in a lot of cooking anyway. So they're like, wait a minute. The thing you're supposed to cut the fucking head off and eat, they take its water, they take its life piss, leave that on a shelf, and then slice that up and put it on top of the beef? <laughs> um, Bagwell does have... Now, this is something I do like is that... Acting like a unit, because Bagwell will team with Scott Dorton in the tag team, but he's also having active singles feuds. So he, he feuds with bit with Lex Luger, and he even beats Lex Luger at Starcade 97. And it's such a natural feud, him and Lex Luger, because it's, and this is the stupidest story, but it's like, hey, uh, I'm jacked, and I'm cocky about it, and I'm jacked, and I'm like cool about it. Those are the feuds. 
That's the that's essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, I'm a laid back jacked guy, and I'm a jacked guy who's like, check out how jacked. And for I some am. reason, I'm wearing coveralls. Don't ask me about the coveralls, though. You got to know that. Oh yeah, coveralls and a big cat in the hat hat. Oh yeah, yeah. And also, it's very important. I got a lot of tattoos of rope on my body. I got a tattoo of a rope. Yeah, see, you had that weird rope. I got a, I got a tattoo of rope on my uh, wrist because I know I will just lose bracelets. I will say this, though. When he unveiled the buff blockbuster, that's still a great finish. That is still movie. a great finish. And it's so simple. It's so simple, and it's so weird, because no one else has really done it. And it's... that Yeah, because I think it's too risky now, oddly. It's like kind of like the old school pile driver. No, I don't think it's too risky. I don't know why anyone hasn't done the... And it's so easy to do and so easy to make look impressive. Yeah, because it's literally just you jump over a guy, you both grab each other on the thingamajigger, and then away you fucking go. It's essentially, yeah, it's essentially you just do, and then you, the weird thing about it is essentially it's the same impact as him suplexing you. It's just you win somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's the same idea as a suplex, except he doesn't start it, you start it, so that makes you knock him unconscious. Like all things in wrestling, don't think about it. Side Russian leg sweep, it works. Why? Oh, no, it hurts the other guy. But aren't you guys both doing the same impact at the same time? Yeah, shut up, though. Uh, yes, no, but it's also the thing is, is that the other person hits it slightly, because you're controlling it, they hit it slightly before you. Hello. Yes, so, so you win. Yeah, that's exactly how that works. Is that how that works? I don't fucking know. Buff Bagwell teams with Conan off and on in 1998. And then, John, tell us what happens with Rick Goddamn Steiner. Oh, my God. It's so good. So Rick Steiner um, and Buff Bagwell are having a match. And uh, Buff Bagwell says to Rick Steiner, hey, uh, I'm thinking about getting a sedan, not a truck. And Rick Steiner goes, absolutely not, and breaks his fucking neck. No. Um, they, yes, true they're though. going for the uh, uh, top rope bulldog spot. There is a botch uh, with the ropes. Buff gets tangled up in it, and basically his neck makes impact with Rick Steiner's back. It's fucking ugly on live television. And it looks like Buff Bagwell is fucking fucked. Yeah, they don't. They keep him immobile for like, I think it was an hour during the taping. They keep him immobile and cart him off. Real serious injury. And he claims that he was on an upward trajectory not unlike The Rock. And he's like, I was doing it all. Which isn't true, by the way. It, that, that is not true. He was No, because that's what I wanted to talk about with, uh, with what movies he was talking about. Because he was like, movies, sitcoms, whatever you want to say, I was doing it all. Here are the movies that Buff Bagwell was in prior to this. All right. He was in. Oh, fuck. I only have the one starting in 2001. Give me, let me scroll down here. Here's what he was in. He was in Day of the Warrior as the Warrior. Mm -hmm, that's cool. Lethal Ladies Return to Savage Beach as the Warrior. That's it. So I guess The Rock having not been in a movie yet, he was ahead of The Rock, but he did play the same character twice in two completely different things. I mean, Buff Bagwell... You wouldn't accuse him of having range, but you would accuse him of having fucking um, shingles. He, we're going to talk about his movies at the end. But yes, he gets injured. He says... Or how about we don't? How about we fucking don't? How about we fucking don't say we didn't? Because I don't... I don't like when wrestlers go into movies. Because all of their movies that they do, like it's like... It's like you're not even trying to act. You're trying to... Like, what the no, fuck? We're talking about these movies. Because there's very, it's a very good. Oh. 
I'm demanding it. Well, we'll talk about one, the one that came out four years ago now. Anyway, he says losing that 10 months just completely sewered his career. Not true. Pretty much every... Yeah, well, yeah, every nerd agrees that basically he comes back from this broken neck. He fakes that he's a baby face and then turns on Rick Steiner. He, and that's uh, that's it, essentially. Like, everyone ca- agrees that, like, he did... Because he did the return in a wheelchair in his hometown of Atlanta, and everyone gives him this huge cheer. And this is the other thing is a lot of people think that he would have... Then gone on to be a successful babyface. I would argue that I was watching that, and as like a 1998 wrestling fan, being genuine and just being like a oh I broke my neck and it was hard to get over, but I've done it is not a good 1998 story. He literally would have had to have like not aligned himself with the NWO and just beaten up Rick Steiner and be like fuck you, you hurt my neck. Which is also it's it's weird he didn't do that because instead they had him. Yeah, bring out his mom. Like he got it was, it, yeah, because they did turn him babyface later when they could have just done it, but they wanted to do the swerve of like, see, look, he's still in the NWO. Yeah, it was so weird, and it's also it, like clearly is the beginning of the introduction of him and his mom and that dynamic, which is oh yeah, mucho, mucho, no likey, no, 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 thank you. But he never really goes above this upper mid-card push. He, in 1999, I think the most notable thing is he's in a feud with Richard uh, with uh, Richard Miller with Ernest Miller, where cul- where it doesn't culminate. But the true c- he's in a feud with uh, noted shop teacher Richard Miller. Yeah, he's in a feud with his high school shop teacher, which leads to him feuding with Ernest Miller, where he does blackface. Oh! Oh my god i didn't encounter this in the research i was doing at all i guess buff bagwell really glosses over this in his shooter interviews which i have to tell you is shocking because i assumed he would be like well i'm sure he doesn't think it's wrong i mean i'm I'm surprised he doesn't have a framed photo of it uh here's where i was doing my good impression it's not as agree honestly it's not as egregious as xbox blackface but it's still it's blackface i mean go ahead what's he put he, he paints his face and he makes fun of ernest miller it's uh, it's the classic dx NWL 90s, late 90s parody where you dress up as the person and you go, I'm a, I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> and that's the whole segment. That's pretty good stuff, actually. He's on the, a list called Entertainers Who Have Done Blackface. Yeah, yeah. Top of that <laughs> list, by the way, the rest of the review. You'll never, you'll, ne- yeah. you'll never hear that. Epi- you'll never know which episode it was, but there is one episode where Dylan insisted we both did blackface. But luckily, it's an audio podcast, so we got away with it. Yeah, Dylan's a code word for John. No, it's not, though. That was you, classic Dylan. It's a code word. No, Uh, no. Classic swerve. Uh, 2000, he wins the tag titles with Shane Douglas. That's right. The team of Marcus Bagwell and Shane Douglas was technically more successful than his team with Scott Norton. What's also very important to note is Vince Russo fucking loved Buff Bagwell. Like, Vince Russo coming in, best thing that could have happened to Buff Bagwell in a... uh, for like it was like he loved him although buff bagwell does say that which is funny because like he's the classic guy who's like fucked in the head so he doesn't really remember a lot even just, uh, he's just now like 51 
he was like, yeah, on the first day Russo was in there, he said, I'll never be on TV. And then two weeks later, he was on TV with a bat. And then a month later, he was the champion. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, that's hilarious. Where he had a meeting like, bro, I am never going to be on TV, but I do believe I could beat up every single one of you, bro, if it was a shoot. What about that meeting? I was meant to say, I don't think I'm going to get TB. I don't think I'm going to get tuberculosis. <laughs> bro, what I should say is it's opposite day, bro. A day that I actually honor. I mean, I love the theory that Vince McMahon sent Vince Russo to fuck up WCW. Like, that is so good and also prescribes so much. I know way too much about Vince McMahon. He doesn't have that level of strategy, weirdly. I'm going to send my best writer to fuck up their company. That makes no sense. Yeah. I'm, but he also, he wasn't their best writer. I'm sorry. The best writer was the combination of, say it again, John. You've said it so many times. Vince McMahon, Vince Russo, and Jim Cornette. Yeah, exactly. But for Vince McMahon and Jim Cornette are two old names. So you want, if you're going to like write a story, you want to write about the new guy. And that's what everyone did. They wrote about Vince Russo. Um, goddamn right. Now let's talk about this feud. And Judy Bagwell. Yes. We did a Judy Bagwell episode. I mean, I, I remember this. Why did we do this? Oh, because whatever. Yeah, because we're fucking hot boys. Because <laughs> uh, we don't have very defined life plans. <laughs> we're stupid. Go ahead. So Canyon, to try and get under Buff Bagwell's skin, starts harassing his mom. I don't know how it happens but essentially they're like you know what let's suspend judy bagwell on a forklift the forklift is because she's fat yeah yeah yeah. and uh they call buff bagwell's mom fat which his whole character is supposed to be that he fucks a lot and then it's like he's coming out and his mom just looks like like a fat kid's mom i don't know how to say other than big glasses big hair just like a down home southern not that like like, whatever. It's just weird that they had his actual mom there. I love it. And, like, your, your whole character is kind of like you're this badass who, like, might fucking kiss a girl on the goddamn lips from time to time. And then it's like, here's my mom. I don't know. It's just some characters shouldn't have mom. Like, um, I don't know. who who. What character in wrestling do you think would be best suited to have a mom? Oh, Sting. Sting would be way better if he had a mom. Sting could have a mom. Yeah, Sting could have a mom just because he loves freedom so much. Yeah, he loves freedom. It would also be so fun. Like he comes out with the lightning and the weird, odd music. And then there's just a lady in the front row just being, Stevie! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. By that same token, I think The Undertaker should have a mom. <laughs> just like, it's cold. Tone it down, Mark. Tone it down. How come you never wear the tie like you used to in the early 90s? Your father bought you that tie. Uh, Mark, have you called Glenn? <laughs> I'm worried you're not friends. Yeah, Undertaker's mom is very critical. She's not like a cheerleader no mom. No one has that many tattoos without a mom being like, uh, hello, Mark, I understand that you have a lot of Blue Lives Matter t-shirts and an impressive real estate portfolio, but are you the mayor of a town? Because you're the... Your fake brother, who I for some reason have decided is my son, has absolutely passed you in terms of achievement. <laughs> yeah, you have Blue Lives Matter tattoos, but Glenn has Blue Lives Matter actions. Yeah. Uh, you have a lot of money. Glenn is helping me have a lot of money using his libertarian values. So after 
Buff Bagwell wins the match and then fucks his mom, as is the storyline. He fucks his mom on the forklift. Uh, later on, he forms Totally Buff, and at WCW's close, he was in Ric Flair's Magnificent Seven Stable, where if you don't remember it... Yeah, good. It was the stupidest thing ever. It was It's the only time where you're watching Ric Flair being like, I think this guy is sad. And then luckily, Ric Flair's life has been totally fine since then and in no way has gotten much sadder. Oh, no. But it's also like... Your only star in the company is Ric Flair, and you're like, he's a heel. Like, who wants to cheer? Who doesn't want to cheer Ric Flair? I don't want to. Che- I don't want to cheer Ric Flair now, baby. I'll tell you that much, baby. Well, you don't want to cheer Ric Flair because you know who he is as a person. I mean, but just as like a guy on TV, you're like, this is the best thing about this show. I mean, at by the time Ric Flair was in W, the thing was, I loved WWF Macho Man fighting Ric Flair, and like, er, like once the NWA came in, and for some reason Ric Flair really leaned into baggy upper trousers and loafers, I was like, mm-hmm. I don't really want to root for this guy who looks like he's friends with my dad. <laughs> that was the thing about WCW. Is true when you turned on WWF, it was young people. When you turned on WCW, it did look like just a bunch of people telling you to go to bed early because yeah, yeah. they wanted to. They wanted to have a couple beers. Yeah, <laughs> you're watching WCW where the guys that want to fuck your mom wrestle. It's WCW. If you're 15, pull your fucking pants up and stop wearing that Exco bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, you're watching WCW. Let me tell you right now about WCW. We don't like some of your friends. <laughs> Stop hanging out with Daryl. Yeah. Do I have to explain why? Because I will. Because <laughs> I will, and there will be charts. Yeah. <laughs> have you read anything by Jefferson David? That's all I'm saying. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> 2001. Yes. Obviously, WCW closes. Buff Bagwell goes into the WWF. They And this is, I would say, the weirdest thing. Everyone focuses on the match that him and Booker T have, which is the first WCW match on Raw. Him and Booker T have a match. And I think it's weird to do that part of the angle this soon. Like, you just do an insurgent force. Oh, my God. What's even crazy is they do it in Tacoma, Washington. And where were they the next week? Yeah, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, they were in Atlanta. Like, why the fuck not wait one week, you dumb fucks? And the reason is is because they didn't want them to get cheered. That's why. Yeah, of course. A, they didn't want them to get cheered. And B, like, the whole angle to begin with. It's not like the end of the angle was made up for those of you that haven't seen it booker t and buff bag will have a match that isn't good but is weird because it's like it's not sold as hey these stars are gonna have this match is this weird thing where booker t comes out both of their titan trons are just the wcw logo and they're gonna have this like yeah they're not why are they mad at each other like isn't your whole idea as this insurgent force to like prove that wcw is better than the wwf and like beat up the wwf guys not like you know like it's not like the people that surged capitol hill just got in there and went like now we're gonna have a debate between the two of us (laughs) like no they're just they went in they tried to fuck shit up which is exactly what wcw should have done which is just come in beat up everybody but they didn't like and then the end of the match, there's not even a definitive end of the match. The end of the match is WWF guys beat them up and run them out, like literally out of the building and throw them out of the building with their bags. So they already buried them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Rehashing the invasion angle for anyone that is in their 30s or anyone that watched it is always frustrating if you're like a wrestling super nerd. But like the criticism 
the fact that Buff Bagwell got all the criticism purely for the match, I think, is dumb. Also, Buff Bagwell did not fit into the WWF style and would not have fit into the WWF style. Disagree, Dylan. Make him, if you lie like that again, I will beat you up and take it out. I think he's too small for how Jack Diddy Jacked you needed to be in the WWF. And he came in with a bad reputation. The kind of thing where it's like, if he would have had two coffees at catering, people would have been like, see, he's greedy. Let's get it. Yeah, the, the, the main problem is, is that Buff Bagwell is coming in as a reputation of Buff Bagwell is a WCW guy. Buff Bagwell was basically brought in to be like, let's send a message to these other guys. What's that message? Take him out, bitch. Like, it's so Exa- Exactly. No, but that's exactly... He thinks that it's like he was brought in basically just to be fired so that it would keep all the other WCW guys in line. Not that any of the guys they brought in would ever get out of line because these are all either people who eschewed money in the long term to take WWF contracts... Or Sean or Exactly. Or people... Or like, you think... Do you think that fucking Kaz Hayashi is going to get a big head? I don't think so. Oh no, Kaz Hayashi won't job to the Rock. Like that's not happening. I mean, I the cat. I mean, goddamn, you fucking really nailed it with Kaz Hayashi. Goddamn, was Kaz Hayashi good? I mean, I can't for the life of me figure out who the fuck Kaz Hayashi is. Was he in the Young Dragons? Of course he was. <laughs> Wrestling's racist. What? Uh, uh, all right, I got a big book of things I associate with Asian culture. Dragons is one of them. What's the first name? I don't know, man. I'm trying to watch Steve Young. Yeah, yeah spell it with a J, goddammit. Why, why don't we call them the Bruce Lee boys? Why don't we call them the Laundry Gentlemen? Oh, God. <laughs> why don't we call them fucking sushi fighting goddamn Jet Lee? All right, whatever. Apparently, we can't just use Jet Lee's name. All right, Young Dragons it is. <laughs> so, after... He gets fired from the WWF. Um, he moved on to the WWA, did some Australian tours, and then Jimmy Hart's XWF, which I still think is so funny. It's like, I'm Jimmy Hart. This is the Extreme Wrestling Federation. What's more extreme than two old men who are th- openly talking about how they have to do laundry later and having a 10-minute match that ends in an arm lock and starts with a wrist lock? Welcome to the XWF. I hope you like only songs I wrote. Yeah, so I want to keep all the royalties. Well, that's the other thing is like the last wrestling federation that was named Extreme in 2001 was ECW where it's like New Jack's going to go free stab people on the subway with no cameras. And then the next Extreme WF was uh, it's Brian Nobbs versus Brian Nobbs. We couldn't afford a second wrestler. Yeah, the Nasty Boys are just sitting quietly explaining how they invested in stocks. <laughs> it's the Nasty Boys versus trying to buy cigarettes for this 14-year-old and hang out with them. I think you'll see we're actually pretty fun to hang out with. I mean, we bought you the Budweiser's. The least you could do is let us watch TV with you. Get out of my house, sir. Now, the main thing to remember is that Buff Bagwell claims that Jim Ross destroyed his career by telling a lie, supposedly on the Wrestling Legends um, yes. roundtable, round that his mom called him to change the travel. Now, when you hear Buff Bagwell tell his side of the story, he both says, there is no way that my mom could have done that, and also, it's very possible my mom could have done that, but I don't think she did. <laughs> Buff Bagwell does say that that just flat out didn't happen. He does no, but he he says a lot of different things. 
in the same way okay. that depending on when you catch him, that Shane Helms story is vastly different. That Shane Helms story goes from he hooked a water bottle at me, but I was fine, and then he attacked me. To um, he went and got a he had a glass frozen water bottle, and it opened up twenty stitches in my head, and I still worked, and they fired me anyway. Like it, yeah. I was assaulted, and they fired me anyway. He he's pretty beside himself and thinks that he could have been a huge star. And it's true, he did stop wrestling at thirty years old. Like this is how old this man was. But also. No one, like, even in TNA, he didn't, like, wrestle a bunch. And TNA was, like, WCW, essentially. Yeah, it's also, like, he. no one was looking for him to wrestle is the other thing that's important to remember. Yeah, he very much had his window to be successful in, like, 1997. And then just the way they tried to make him a babyface late in WCW. Because as you said, John, Vince Russo did love this man. And he just sucked. I don't know. There was no, like, evolution. He didn't really care about wrestling that much. He just was, like, there. And then by the time 2001 rolls around, there's a very clear choice you make. You can just stay in wrestling and, like, do all these indie shows and, you know, get to know the next generation of wrestlers like a lot of people have. Like, Jerry Lynn wrestled well into the 2010s. But yeah. Buff Bagwell was never a work rate guy and didn't want to learn who these new kids' name was, so he didn't carry on wrestling. I think that's where it begins. And it's ends, also, by the way, most of Buff Bagwell's career was not wrestling. Buff Bagwell's hottest period when he was able to negotiate money, when he was, bear in mind, he was on the same contract program as Hogan, Nash, Hall, Goldberg, in that he didn't have a WCW contract. He had a Time Warner contract, which he canceled to go to the WWF because he was told that it was going to be he was going to be a big fucking deal and unlike you i do believe that vince russo or vince mcmahon would have loved him if he wasn't such a giant piece of shit like the other thing is buff bagel's really southern and i guarantee vince didn't know that you think so yes in that vince saw his like again buff is jacked and buff looks like a goon and i guarantee he vince Vince saw a photo of Mark Merrill and was like, I got to have that guy. I guarantee he saw the same thing of Buff Bagwell. And then he met Buff Bagwell and he was like, ah, never mind. Cancel it. Bye, 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 bye. I think it's just like, if you're, all right, so if you're upper mid card in WCW in the year 2001, right? More like upper skid card. <laughs> there you go. So he's like skid marking his panties. But Good like, one, Dylan. Make out with me. What? If, if you're upper mid-card at WCW in the early 2000s, then think about this. You're not the best company, and let's say there's 100 wrestlers, and let's say there's, what, five main eventers in WWF and 10 upper mid-carders, so that's 15. Already in WCW, you're, if when you're coming into the WWF, you're going to be slotted below those people. I don't think Buff Bagwell wanted to start out over in wrestling again and work his way up as like a, hey, I'll do whatever you say, The Undertaker, lower mid-carder. He wanted to come in at the exact same spot or come in as like Buff Bagwell versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in WrestleMania <laughs> also <laughs> to do the blockbuster, which would destroy his neck and 
WCW wins and now it's Monday Nitro and now it's only Buff Bagwell for two. Weeks. I guarantee that Buff Bagwell thought he was coming in to be like, well, of course it's going to be me versus The Rock. I beat The Rock in eight seconds because you know, like I got a better trap. But that's what he's go. used to. Yeah, of course he's it. always been booked strongly. Actually, no. What he's actually used to is he doesn't wrestle at all. He just stands there. And and then gets to look cool. Yeah, he stands there and then makes hundreds of. Bear in mind, he owned a house. His parents lived with him. They had a variety of businesses. Um, like he had like a shitload of fucking cash, and um, like what the fuck? And like it's so crazy. Yeah, exactly. How much he money got he paid made. a lot of money. He got a lot of. He had a great career, even if it's just ten years long. Like. He started out in WCW essentially a year into wrestling. Imagine any other where you learn how to do something and then a year later millions of people are watching you do that thing. Like that's pretty unprecedented. But after that, did some spot shows for TNA in like I was talking about 2002, 2003 and 2006. Big fun stuff happens. Car accident in 2012 where he had a seizure and he was all pilled up. Of course, uh, he's fine after that. And he, in August of this past year, he got in another car accident. Yep. And how did he get into that car accident? Buff Bagwell was jacking off while driving. That's how he only drives. Yep. The old jacking. Have jack. you ever jacked off while driving? I have one friend that used to do it no. anytime driving between Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, and upstate New York where he was working. He would do it. I can't remember. Your friend is lying. I can't. I know he definitely do it, did it once because that guy is a scumbag and he had the detail of what he used to jizz into is not something you would lie about. <laughs> Your friend is lying. That's that's made up. Your friend is fibbing and lying. I do not think so. I guarantee he's one of those weird, weird liars, like people who would tell you what their record is for how many times they jacked off in a day and you would say... Why are you telling me this? <laughs> Why are you volunteering this information? If you're going above three, get the fuck out of it. What are you doing? You need you need a job. Go get a drug addiction. If you have enough time to jack off three times in a day and you don't feel a sucking feeling of pain, get the fuck out. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite thing that um, Buff Bagwell did in his career was he won the, <laughs> the heavyweight title for Ron's Championship Wrestling. I think my favorite thing ever is that he had ankle implants that leaked and also became a gigolo. Like, let's talk about... Yeah, yeah, he became a gigolo and he had calf implants as well. Calf implants Fantastic. that never worked, that he claimed really held him back in the company because Lord knows that's what Jim... Like, let me see his ankles. You couldn't play for OU. Get the fuck out of my ring. Yeah. <laughs> well, you played? Did you never play oh, football? Hey, let me tell you right now, Buff Bagwell was in the ring. He would have been a fine quarterback, but his ankles make me want to fucking throw up in a fucking kid's mouth. Get the fuck out of here! Ron's Championship Wrestling Champion, Buff Bagwell. Here's here's the only movie I want to talk about. 2017, 3.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Buff Bagwell played Tr Tank Trumbolt. It was called Four Go. You guys should definitely watch this. I definitely didn't. And it's written and directed by Bo Duke of, Ducks of, of Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> Tom Wopat? Yeah. Oh, man. I have not Googled Tom. Is it Tom Wopat? Anyway, it's called Four colon Go. Is it four as in the number four and then the word go? Yeah. Oh, come the fuck on. Yeah. yeah. And it's about... Um, it's about it's about some prim uh, some criminals on the goddamn run. Um, of course it is. What is that movie? John Schneider. 
John Schneider. Oh, so he's the other one. I I was always more of a Tom Wopat guy. I like a nice brunette with a. No, this is the other one. This is Bo Duke, and it was filmed. It was written and directed by John Schneider, and fil- and shot at John Schneider Studios, and it was John Schneider. Pro- John Schneider, Bo Duke from Dukes of Hazard, was like. How about Rebo? How about we give Marcus Alexander Bagwell and give him a gun, and then, uh, <laughs> and also Marcus Alexander Bagwell just looks like a truck ran over him for the last twenty years. He is a drug addicted man. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I wouldn't say he's an addict. It's just like it's what he does. His job is taking drugs. Yeah, he's got he's got pill voice, and then some. Yeah, I don't know exactly what you mean by pill voice, but I understand. Uh, it's- just talk like this. Oh, okay. Pill voice makes you like really, you have a really deep raspy voice where it sounds like you're going to li- literally lose your voice because um, opiates are really hard on your throat. Really? Why do you know so much about opiates, you fucking pill? Pill head? Pill head? Pill head? Yeah, I'm a big pill head. Oh, also, uh, Buff Bagwell played uh, Slammer in an episode of Charmed, if you remember the show Charmed. I certainly do. It was a big... Um, Kevin <laughs> he played S- Slammer. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes uh, used to talk about it a lot on their podcast back in the, what you call, the day. Oh, yeah. Charmed was a hot show. Back, remember when podcasts <laughs> were literally just like... I mean, we still think radio was really hard to do, so just any... If it's two people talking, we will listen to it. Kevin Smith had a podcast. Oh yeah, talked about the, the golden age of podcast. The times he's eaten rotten meat that I've listened to so many times. It was really good. He talks the amount of <laughs> the amount of different countries where that guy has shit his pants is truly phenomenal. Like it makes up for Clerks too. Amount of like research and everything you have to do to have a podcast now is insane. And just ten years ago, it was just like these boys are fucking ripped on fucking weed. They're gonna talk about bullshit, and everyone was like, "Cool." Yeah, cereal has a lot to answer for um, because we now have to actually try. Oh man, Wondery is like, hey, uh, this is this is Wondery. We got a Oscar winning actor to narrate a series that it took us six months to research there's gonna be five episodes in total yeah okay well i'm an asshole who likes wrestling (laughs) and wikipedia i can't even use as a source anymore i hate you yeah go fuck yourselves everyone oh hi i'm conrad thompson i have access to all of the weird people of wrestling you want to fucking do a podcast you want to try and compete in that marketplace no yeah, no, we're fucking perverts, and we want to talk about Buff Bagwell, which we just did, baby. John, what's the best thing about Buff Bagwell's career? He's a gigolo. So fucking good. He was a gig. All right, so let's say this. He was a gigolo for a reality show. He was not a gigolo before that. That's what he claims. I mean, it's so good. It's also like, of all the wrestlers, who's going to be a gigolo? The guy with the rope tattoo hangs out with his mom. It's so fucking good. Can you imagine paying for sex and then Marcus Bagwell fucks you? I would be uh, so pissed. I'd be so pl- be- finally. I mean, I thought you were the delicious and vicious and delicious. I would say coyly. <laughs> you look like it looks like vicious and you. Mm, <laughs> that should be the Scott team. Norton. My ew, gross. Ooh, give me the blockbuster on my donger, Marcus. Oh, I can't hear your nut slapping because you did too many steroids and you no longer have those, Marcus. I just said something. Now you have to American mail me. <laughs> I want the blockbuster all in my ass. <laughs> 
I like that we. I like my favorite thing about Buff Bagwell is if you guys want to do this go, right now, go to Buff Bagwell's website, buffbagwell.com. Right now, it just starts playing his theme song. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> that's really good. It just it does that like late '90s website thing where it just starts playing his theme song, and you do not have the option to turn it off. You just have to put your computer on mute. Because <laughs> I was listening to my headphones, and I went on his website. And it was like I'm buff. I'm, I was like Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I mean, so he's even way, annoying he's... on the internet. Like with him not even being there is annoying. Also, his website is marcusbuffbagwell.com. Yeah, Buff Bagwell is probably taken. By who? Who the fuck would take Buff Bagwell? Someone who's cool. Also, he claims... I think the worst thing about him is oh, that he's like... Oh, it's not playing like, the he, theme. He, he, no. How is it not playing the theme? I don't know. It's just asking me to go on an app, which I'm very confused by. It's like, would you like to download the app? Wait a minute. The app? Which app? What website are you on? MarcusBuffBagwell.com. These are the... By the way, it's got a guest book. This is from 13 hours ago. You instructed me to let you know if I didn't get the DVD by leaving a message on MarcusBuffBagwell.com when you made the cameo video. Here we are, brother. Looking forward to the DVD. Hey, Buff. I ordered Weird. a DVD back in Feb um, uh, 20. My buddy Joel Exotics purchased the DVD on 12-27-20. We haven't received it either. What's the deal, brother? Buff. Oh, wow. This is all 60 hours. Buff had the most magnificent body in the history of wrestling. Also, by the way, all of these are by Schwifty and Joel Exotic. Let's go, Buff. Glad to have you back in the gym. Oh brother. yeah, Buff looks incredible. This is by Shitty Coot and Joel Coot. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Oh, oh, this is a great guest book. I mean, <laughs> no, I think it just started playing. So you have the option to just listen to Buff Bagwell's theme song. When I was on it earlier, it just started playing. I apologize. Uh, Buff, glad you're doing well. Since you're one of my favorite members of the NWO, that's from Jason Sellers. What a nice guest book. Why isn't the rest of the internet so positive like this? Yeah, we wish all wish the rest of the internet was like Buff Bagwell's guest book. <laughs> I think the worst thing about Buff Bagwell is um, he didn't like wrestling, so he just came in entitled and then left. But I mean, also like this is once again as we said. If you think about men that don't like wrestling, they feel entitled to like be the champion by the time they're out of wrestling. And women that don't like wrestling who get into wrestling are in wrestling and then just form a successful um, fitness Company. enterprise where yeah, they yeah. go, hey, it's Tori Wilson, formerly of WWF. I do yoga now. And they just use that old platform to make a business. that they, Like Buff Bagwell, if he was smart, more wrestlers should just do what athletes do and just be like, just sell some fucking cars or be a realtor. Like, hey, remember me? I'm Buff Bagwell. There's nothing more buff than buying a house from Buff Bagwell. Like, yeah, just do that. Yeah, but no, but he's Buff Bagwell. So he's like, nah, I got to I got to stay in shape. I might have a shot. And you're like, no, you won't, though. Yeah. And especially the fact that he can be still Buff Bagwell because they don't own the license to his name. Like he's in a really good position. But I don't know. It's life is what you make of it, guys. Yeah, and let me tell you this. I'm going to make you all listen to... to um, <sighs> you shit. Oh, also, uh, Buff Bagwell, in closing, I think I'll say this is the worst thing about him is that he still genuinely believes he's famous. He said in an interview, 
that he wishes he didn't have to bear the burden of fame. He gets recognized everywhere he goes. He can't leave his house without being recognized. He gets recognized at Walmart every day, John, in the middle of nowhere in Georgia. He gets recognized under under Megan's law. That's what he's talking about. What's Megan's law? It means it's a law that sexual <laughs> sex offenders have to identify themselves. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, like, Buff Bagwell's idea of fame is like, hey, aren't you the guy that took a shit on my lawn? Oh, I know. I'm Buff Bagwell. I'm famous. No, I don't know what that means. You shit on my lawn. Yeah. Buff Bagwell shit on your lawn. You should be very happy. And then he gets beaten up. Excuse me. Are you the man that's just for some reason stealing my garbage cans every week? Aha! Yeah, man! I'm famous! I'm Buff Bagwell. What? Sometimes I go through your garbage. I'm Buff. I've got your stuff. And the girls are crying. Uh, Buff Bagwell. Worst thing about Buff Bagwell is... I don't know. Like, his entire personality was shaped by monsters? I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants to go on a really good streaming site, just go to Buff Bagwell's website. The only song we stream is his theme song. It's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Of course, join us on Sundays for this goddamn show. We have our Patreon out right now, which is uh, DDP Part 1. We'll be recording Part 2 later and posting that maybe before this episode airs. Who knows? But DDP Part 1 is up on our Patreon now. Five bucks gains you access. Patreon.com backslash Wrestler Review at Wrestler Review on Twitter and Instagram. You can listen to my new show, Remarkable Teams, on Monday. This Monday, we're doing the 2015-2016 Philadelphia 70 Goddamn Sixers. So tune in for that. That's at Remarkable Teams or RemarkableTeams.Podbean.com. John's on Twitch every day at 2 p.m.? Twitch.tv backslash John Hastings comment. 3 p.m. That is 3 p.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern, 8 Greenwich Mean Time. No, Please correct. join them there. That is not correct times. It's 3 p.m., 6 p.m., uh, 11 p.m. You fucks. Nope. 3 p.m., 1 p.m., 8 p.m. Sure. So, yeah, I'm doing weird time zones. So, for those of you in the Fiji Islands, thank you very much. For everyone else, suck me off. I'll see y'all in hell, you fucks. Bye-bye. Kiss me on my penis.